Open up the mics. It's time for TRN Talk. Hey guys, this is Eric from the Retro Network. Hopefully you recognize me from the Situation Jukebox podcast, or maybe you've read some of my Wayback Wednesday music posts. If you've heard me on the Jukebox podcast, you know that I have a certain affinity for the band Van Halen. On October the 6th, the music world was shook by the announcement of the passing of Eddie Van Halen. The loss was felt and acknowledged across the music world, and even now as I record this, I can't open social media without seeing some kind of a tribute to the late, great guitar player. If you've heard me on the podcast or read any of my articles, you probably have figured out by now that I'm a guitar player as well. The day Eddie passed, I had five different text conversations going at one point with other guitar players about Ed and his music and how both affected us not only as fans of music, but fans of Van Halen and as guitarists. The more people I talked to and the more social media I read, I thought it would be an interesting listen and a fitting tribute to get a couple of my fellow guitar player friends together and have a conversation about the impact that he had on not only music, but on us as well. So come be a fly on the wall and listen in on the conversation I had with two good friends of mine about Eddie, music, guitars, as well as chasing a couple of rabbits. Hope you find it interesting and entertaining. All right, let me introduce the people here in our group today. So virtually sitting on my left is my friend David Hess. David and I have known each other since, well, we've known of each other probably since about seventh grade, and we've been friends since about 10th grade. And then sitting on my right, I have my friend James Burr. James and I go to church together. We've been friends for a couple of years. Uh, how you doing, fellas? Fantastic. Doing great. So David is in is in California. James and I are here in Oklahoma. So let me so let me get us started with I have a I have a, so I have a Van Halen connection with both of you. So um, like I said, David and I have known each other, you know, since seventh grade. But we started playing in a band together in tenth grade, um, and the the day that I went to play with the band the first time um, a, a mutual friend of David and I talked me into playing and when I showed up to rehearsal the first time um, they were already there just messing around and David was playing the intro to Mean Streets and that's when I knew that I was in I was in over my head um, and then a couple, a couple years ago James and I we were playing in the in the band together at church and we were at rehearsal one Wednesday night and between songs I just started messing around with 316 from uh, from 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 uh, what, what album is that on is that on for unlawful carnal knowledge yes sir yeah I started messing around with that and I looked over at James we at, at that point we really hadn't have had didn't have any kind of conversations or anything but I looked over at James and James started playing with with me playing along with me uh, while I was playing and literally it was like the stepbrothers meme where you go did you did we just become best friends um, and so that's how so I have a I have a, a Van Halen connection with both of you so um let's start off with with uh probably a really broad question and we'll start with you david how did okay. you how did you first get introduced to van halen and eddie yeah i uh, i have an older half sister she's five years older and so i remember really three records from the time that she lived with us she was a half sister so she didn't she just lived with us for a little while while she was in high school and that was uh, there were Led Zeppelin fours or so, uh, Molly Hatchet, yeah. and Van Halen one. And I was just thinking about that how both the Molly Hatchet, really, but all three records in a way had created these sort of uh, iconic images. They were almost like action figures. So the cover of Van Halen one has these four characters. They're almost like avatars now doing their own separate you know personality which is how they ended up you know they kind of grew out that way I, I, True. Like, yeah because of david i think making them cartoon characters you know it's something that 
uh, you would see in a cartoon. But so my sister had that record and I don't remember specific songs hearing Van Halen one. I, I know I must have heard it, but I, it wasn't what stood out. But it's at some point, a couple of years later, I got a gift certificate to Peaches Records and Tapes. Peaches? Mm-hmm. And uh, ended up getting Led Zeppelin, Zoso, and Women and Children first. Uh, I got it on vinyl. And uh, so that was the first record I got. And really the introduction to Fools on that record was my eruption. That was kind of the first. Oh, nice. Oh, I'd heard. I hadn't heard eruption yet. I don't know if I heard it. hadn't stopped. Um, so, yeah, Women and Children first was my first record. The first time I was introduced to that. And it did. That intro to Fools really did stand out to me. I played guitar at the time. Uh, I, just like eruption to a lot of people, it, I couldn't quite understand what I was hearing and how those things were done. And yeah, that was the, my, my first introduction to Van Halen. How old were you when you started playing guitar? I was nine. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So 25 years ago. <laughs> yeah. We'll, 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 we'll go with that. <laughs> James, what was your first uh, your first exposure introduction to Van Halen and Eddie? So um, I had a brother who was uh, about eight and a half years older than me, and we shared a room growing up, and so it was definitely that. Um, so the earliest things I can remember uh, are him using an eraser to make the Van Halen logo into his uh, notebooks. You know, the just erasing <laughs> off of the colors to, to 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 make, and he would make both the the classic Van Halen with the wings, uh, as well as the uh, the rings logo that that they had with with Sammy. So that was that was my earliest memories of it. Uh, growing up listening, kind of the same way that, that David said, having a, an older sibling uh, to basically introduce me to to all these things, even though we did have quite a bit of. Uh, of years in between um our age so right right yeah so i was a i was kind of a late bloomer to uh listening to rock music i grew up in a really uh staunch evangelical christian home and my parents were dead set on me not listening to any kind of rock music and so i didn't really start listening to to any kind of of mainstream music until i was like 13 years old so my first exposure to Van Halen was 1984. Mm-hmm. Until then, I really didn't know anything about them. And then, I, then that hit, you know, that blows up in 84. And that was really the gateway drug to go back. And when I found out they had other albums, that was my, that was my you know, gateway to go back and find their other, their other catalogs. My first exposure was, was 1984, the, you know, their, their biggest album at that point. So yeah. Um, yeah. didn't, you know, and of course at the time, at, at that point I wasn't playing guitar yet, but I knew, I knew that he was, his playing was a lot different than everybody else at the time, you know? And so, um, you know, that, that's, that's, that's my first big exposure to Van Halen. What was the first song that you heard David from Van Halen that you, that made you want to play, made, made you want to play the song? I mean, you know, made you want to learn Van Halen's song. Yeah. I'm not sure. I mean, I'd have to go back. Right? It'd probably have to be Fools, but I, but I didn't learn to play. Not that song, Fools, but the introduction. Yeah. Um, you know, I pro- it might have been You Really Got Me, that I because I, re- I remember playing that, trying to play that stuff uh, in high school. Uh, and I didn't spend a lot of time, like, trying to learn Van Halen stuff, honestly. I, I, I couldn't. There are only a few things I can play today, and I never always, you know, tried to learn note for note those things, other than some of the tapping things. Yeah, but yeah, um, yeah I mean, it had to be you really got me, or or that introduction of fools. That's, that's those really stand out to me, um, you know. And it, it depended on the on the period of time I spent a lot of time learning Mean Streets, clearly, and. <laughs> 
or that technique. I mean, if you could go back and hear it now, you'd probably see like, oh, wow, he's doing like a version of that, but not playing the song nearly as. I mean, you know, for for two 16 year olds, I was like, holy crap, he's playing. You know, I was literally I I couldn't have I mean, I couldn't have told I couldn't tell the difference. It was just the fact that you were able to pull that out that off. That was I mean, that was clearly enough for for me to, to think that it, that, that you were light years ahead of me. Yeah. You know, a lot of time, and this would, this would be true throughout all of my playing, uh, as I would find little pieces of things that I really like yeah. a, a technique or something like that, that knocked me out the way it sounded, even in the middle of the solo, there might be some little piece that was just like, wow, how is, what is that? And try to figure out how to emulate that. Yeah. Which I think we do with, I mean, every guitarist that we like, but I think, I think more people have done that to Eddie than anybody and than any other guitarist um, from that time period. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. James, James, what was your first song that you tried to learn from, from the Van Halen catalog? Well, the first thing I definitely tried to learn or that I realized that I could learn was, was 316. Um, I, I would say that that was just kind of one of those things where I remember looking at it pretty distinctly and being like, Oh, I see what he, I see like what, what shape he's using here in terms of chords. Right. Um, right. And so it, that was kind of a, a, a good jumping off point. Uh, and uh, I think the first time I realized some of the things that I had picked up on was like uh, somebody get me a doctor. Right. And not just kind of the, uh, the open chord intro, um, but like even what you hear, um, we talked about it before and you, you've seen me do it at church and you're like, did you do the thing where you know, playing, uh, you know, triplets or whatever. And it's like, and I think I, I remember it's kind of seeing that as a tab and you know, this is the, um, late nineties, early two thousands. Um, right. and it was one of those things where it was like, I saw a video from from the Van Halen three tour where he did it, and I was like, "Oh, that's how he does it." And then I sat there and tried it, and you know, put together, and I was like, "Oh man, I can do a lot more of this stuff than I, I realized," you know. But um, yeah, those were those were kind of the the things that really I, I would say kind of spurred me into to that way because I didn't start playing guitar until I was um, nineteen. Oh wow, wow, um, yeah, I think. You know, David and I grew up in the, you know, we were, you know, our high school years were in the 80s. And I just started playing guitar until I was 15. So that was like, that was 85. And all we had then to learn music was either you press, you know, stop and rewind on the tape over and over again as you try to learn a piece of a song, or you put the needle on the record back, you know, and kept trying to play the song over and over again, or you had tabs in, in guitar magazines. You know, you didn't have vi- you, you, you didn't have videos to go figure this stuff. I, I see videos now of of got these guys that can just pull off all of these you know Van Halen licks and songs, and um, I don't I just don't think there was any way we could learn that stuff the way that we used to learn songs. You know, in the eighties. Yeah, sure. And when you say guys, you mean nine year olds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, like like ten year old kids that are that are you know playing the playing you know entire Van Halen songs. And I remember, I remember the first tab I saw of Van Halen in Guitar for the Practicing Musician was for Fifty One Fifty, the song Fifty One Fifty. Nice. And I'm not even gonna, I'm not even exaggerating when I say this. I probably spent two to three hours a day in my room trying to learn that song from the tab, you know, and just, you know, playing the song and realizing I'm playing it half speed from what he is and not able to make those chord shapes that he makes. Um, and then I saw, you know, the, of course, later, a couple of years later, I saw the video of, of them playing that live. And I'm like, how in the world does he play that? that you know, because the tab was dead on to what he was playing. And how does he play that? Yeah. that fast and i you know it took me hours and hours and hours to even get okay at playing that song you know playing the playing the the rhythm to that song um i just you know I, it 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 makes me want makes me wonder how many more songs i could have learned when i was a teenager if i had youtube around then because i think that's where everybody gets their their lessons now is is from watching youtube and watching other guitar you know because you can type in a song and put and then the word tutorial and there's 50 tutorials for every song you can ever think of 
and yeah. uh, and I, you know back then we didn't back in the 80s we didn't have that and you you had to learn you either had to learn the song yeah. on your own and be good enough to figure out what he was doing or you know or learn from tabs they say that it makes our ears better but that doesn't pan out for me but uh learning through having to start and stop is you end up learning hearing better knowing better with your brain what a thing's supposed to sound like then I could see that too. I mean, I remember, you know, any song I learned, I, I would play over and over and over and start, stop, start, stop. And when I, when I've tried to learn things in the past, you know, five or six years on just by watching YouTube videos, but by, by the time I leave the room after I'm done playing, I've forgotten all of it. Right. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't retain a bit of it. So, um, so, so, Let's 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 talk. I know this is going to be this is going to be a, a hard part of the conversation, but uh, when we talk favorites, but what's your what's James? We'll we'll start with you. Out of all of the Van Halen catalog, what is your? Give me your top two albums, and hmm. we'll give you a well, top two first, and then we'll talk after that. Okay, and and that is really hard. Um, I know we we talked at uh, one point, and I kind of sent you my list, and it's like. My top three would never change. Um, the bottom three would never change. And everything in the middle can kind of, you know, nebulous any day of the week. It can be anywhere. Yeah. Um, my, 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 top, my top two, I mean, that I think just without a shadow of a doubt are, are Van Halen 1 in 1984. But I will say that uh, I have a special place in my heart for fair warning. The first time I ever heard Mean Street. Um, <laughs> that, at least that I really remember doing it. And that was the last CD that I bought. It was the hardest one for me to find. Um, you know, and, and this is what we go to. Yeah, yeah, fair warning was. In terms of CD, I had it, um, I, I want to say I probably had it on cassette tape because my brother had that. Um, he had all the cassette tapes still. Um, and even though he wasn't listening to them, that was just one of those things that I never got to. But um, but actually trying to buy it in the, the you know, late nineties that, uh, when I finally got it and I, and I turned on fair warning mean street and I was just like, Holy cow, I get it. This is that <laughs> intro was just blew my mind. And at that point I, I, I had a really good understanding and appreciation of the guitar. My brother played guitar. Um, I, I didn't, I, I, I sang at, at church and whatnot, stuff like that. And, um, but I, but I had played in band. And so I had a pretty good understanding of music and, you know, music theory, but it was like, what am I listening to? You know, the first time you hear that and it's like, I, I kind of know how to tap. Like I, I would practice tapping, like just the back and forth motion of, of the fingers. That's what I sat there and did. Like whenever I first started to really learn the guitar. Um, so I could do that. But um, just listening to it, I was like, what, this, this, this blew my mind. Yeah. So I, I would, I would, but I would say that number one is Van Halen and number two is 1984. But, you know, sometimes, sometimes fair warning kind of really tugs at me because I really love how diverse um, the songs are on that. And yeah, it's kind of special in my heart. So you're saying, you're saying Van Halen one and fair warning. No, Van Halen well, one and I'll, I'll oh, 84, 84, right. I'll okay. say 84 for number two, but, but fair warning so close that it, you know, if if the mood struck me, it would, I could probably make a case. Uh, I gotcha. I gotcha. Gotcha. What about you, Dave? Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of a similar arrangement. I, I think probably I would go with Fair Warning in '84, with one being that other the third one, the third leg. Um, but I and mainly because I think what I really love about Eddie is like is 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 when he's playing, it has a sense of abandon where he doesn't know where he's going when he starts. Uh, those are my favorite things. And I feel like there was more of that in the, in the 84 and fair warning. There's some of it in Van Halen one, but maybe it was a little more controlled. It just happens to be, has some of that cause he's only 15 years old, whatever. He's <laughs> <laughs> 20 is the early twenties. Right. Um, well, yeah. and what do they say that, you know, you have, you have however many years to write that first album, right. you know, um, and then your next ones are, you know, obviously in a much more time crunch. So it's like they re had refined, you know, those, those songs, you know, you listen to some of the demos and it's like, you can hear, 
you know, the foundation, the bare bones. And so, yeah, I definitely get what you're saying with that. Yeah. In a big way too, because they played, they say, Dave always says they played for five years, five sets a night, mm-hmm. 30 minute sets a night for five years, not just those songs and all kinds of songs. And then they had, Ten days to record the second record, <laughs> um, but it wasn't like they had really, you know, they were really good because they had been touring so much. But right, right, yeah, everything after that was done in a real big hurry. Uh, so, yeah, no, I definitely get what you're. I mean, there's definitely a different, a difference in the way he plays. I mean, even even after they, you know even after the Dave years are over and they're in the same years, he's plays totally, even though it's still, it's still Eddie, he plays totally different 5150 on than he did the albums leading up to, to that. I mean, I get what you're saying about the, the, and you can see it when you, you can see it when you watch him play too, that abandon that he plays with, he like almost checks out of, of, you know, the situation and it's just playing. It's just lost in, in the playing. Yeah, I think too, it's like psychoanalyze him, but I feel like he's probably, I mean, they were on this incredible schedule of touring for nine months out of the year and then spending three months making a record or whatever it was, like just back to back to back over and over making all this music and having, and it being stressful all by itself, even under the best of circumstances, but then it being a circumstance with people that he has friction with, to put it lightly. Yes. <laughs> um, so, then, you know, if one, he has this real angry sound and then he gets his own studio and you feel like he, now he can do anything like play keyboards, like play all this Alan Holdsworth kind of music um, where he gets to really just express himself and he's angry. And then after that, when they sell more records than they've ever sold and everybody's really happy, it has a more control, a lighter sound. It just sounds different for that reason. It has the personality yeah. really coming through. Yeah, yeah. I would have to say my top two, in my, in my, unlike James, my my list changes all the time. But I mean, definitely my top album is Van Halen One. Even after I, like I said, I, my gateway was '84, and I went back and found all the other albums, even beyond '84. Van Halen One was, I mean, that was it. Once I heard that, that that was. I don't think I listened to 84 anymore. All I listened to was Van Halen one. Um, <laughs> there's not a song on there that I, that I don't, I don't love. I mean, if you make, if you try to make a top 10 list of Van Halen songs, it's going to be that it's going to, you know, it's going to include every song from the first album, in my opinion. So Van Halen one is probably my top album. And then the rest of them after that, with the exception of Van Halen three, which I don't acknowledge. Um <laughs> They the rest of those albums just you know they move up and down just just depending on the week. Like this week, my second favorite album is um, probably uh, man I can't even I can't even decide what my second favorite album because I've listened to every single one of them you know all week long. Probably a different kind of truth. Oh, I love that album. Yeah, yeah. Even though that's all. Even though that's just all. I mean it's all old songs. It's just like songs they dug out of the, out of the, you know, the treasure chest from when they were first started out. That's still, I love that album. I love, I love his sound. I love the way, I I love the way he plays. Um, That's just one of my, that's when it came out in in what, 2012. I I fell in love with that album. I listened to it nonstop for days. Yeah, I'll take this. this album is a lot better than it should have been. Do what? But that was my review was this album is a lot better than it should have been. <laughs> it's true though. I mean, I mean, I wasn't expecting a lot just because of, you know, we all know the history of the band and how they get along and how they, you know, and the friction that they have. I wasn't expecting a whole lot. And and I'll be honest, when I heard Tattoo at first, I wasn't that impressed. Um but that one grew on me really quick, and then I heard the rest of the album and was like, "Wow, this is this is my this is this is this is a really good album." I was in the same mindset of this is a lot better than I think anybody thought it was going to be. Right. So, um, so let's <laughs> let's talk let's talk uh, lead singers. Do you think do you think Eddie was better with Dave, or do you think Eddie was better with Sam? Not really, not relationship wise, because we know how they both ebb and flow. But do you think his songwriting was better with 
Dave and the band or with Ed or, or with Sam and the band? Well, that, those, that, that's a different question to say if Eddie yeah. songwriting was better. Okay, well let's 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 take it let's take it from that angle first. You think his songwriting was better with Dave in the band or with Sam in the band? Um, Either think, one of you. Yeah, I think it's a mix. I, I don't. I'm not sure you could. I think there's so many other variables that it's hard to even pin it on. After a while, you're not pinning it on Dave or Sam anymore. Yeah, they happen to be there. So they happen to be there when he was young and fiery and amazing guitarist. But the songs were simpler and dumber. Uh, I mean, like Ain't Talking About Love is an amazing rock song, but it's not Girl Gone Bad. No, true. <laughs> it's, it's just not as complex and nuanced and all those things. True story. And then, you know, and then later when he's an adult, he's got a kid and he's got the refrigerator full of food and a giant house. You know, he's not going to write somebody. He's not going to write somebody give me a doctor or, you know those kind of stupid songs he's gonna you know it just gets he's less angry and all that but yeah that's not your question it's a way of avoiding your question <laughs> well i think but <laughs> I mean, going back to what you said just a minute ago um you know the songs that we got on uh different kind of truth were written back when he was young when he was younger and mm. in that time of you know they were starting out and then hit that when he you know a little bit angry and and you know so you know you could hear that part of it in those, but it's his new, it's his, it's his older self playing them. And I think that might be what I like about it the most is that it's that old, it's that old, I don't, I don't want to say the old Eddie, but it's that old style of Van Halen, but it's played in an, in, in a new way. Does, does that make sense? Oh, totally. Yeah. It's less sloppy. It's a lot cleaner and the shop. Yeah. Yeah, I think probably I'd have to say with Dave, like just to give you an answer uh, and not avoid it. But I would say Dave just because that has to do with me. Like that's when I spent the most time. And there's sure. a point during at about right after 5150. I got OU812, but I would say the last song on 5150 is a, probably my last song that I that I cared about really, you know, that I thought. Okay, this is this is my experience with Van Halen. This is Van Halen that's really written into my heart. Is everything right. for the end of fifty one fifty, and that would also count my favorite Van Halen album, which is called Eat Him and Smile. <laughs> favorite Van Halen album. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. You know, so I. Even though the year that fifty one fifty came out, I, I wore that tape out. Um, I don't know that I don't know that it's. I mean, I can't sit down and listen through fifty one fifty like I can other albums. Yeah, it's got it's got its high points for me, but you know, as far as I mean, and, and that you know, of course, that was their that was their big debut with 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 Sammy, and. But I, there's just there's some stuff on there that I that that I love, and then there's just some stuff that I'm like, man, I just can't I can't listen to it all the way through like I can '84, or which I mean, unlike you, I can I mean, I can listen to OU812 all the way through um, any given day of the week. What about you, James? Well, so to I think to address a couple of things. First of all, I I totally understand what you're saying in terms of your your approach as a songwriter lyrically is different um you know whenever you don't have a family when you don't have the fame and the cars the money right um but that being said sammy also did write source of infection let's not forget that's pretty childish in terms of, <laughs> of, of songs and that's that's about the I, I we always used to joke that it's like it's like he it's like he listened in on a, a a CB and like was just like shouting out you know instructions uh, over to, to different truckers that were driving right that's, that's awesome that's the kind of thing to say um, but that being said I, I do think that there's a um, there's a difference in terms of approach in that there were things that Sammy could do that they couldn't and vice versa right. Sure. Um, and and so certainly, you know, the the way that uh, they approach things with Dave would be different um, and maybe a little bit more lighthearted, a little more fun, a little bit more um, lyrically uh, 
interesting and Sammy might be more straight ahead lyrically in some ways. So I, I definitely do think that they are a different band in the sense that, that the early Beatles and the late Beatles are not the same band. Sure. They're the same four people. Right. But, but, but what they're doing is, is just, it's different. And so um, I would say, you know, to, to your point of, uh, you know, being able to go through and, and, and listen to things I could still, I, I really feel like I could listen to just about every single record, um, you know, excluding like a, a handful of tracks whenever it comes to, you know, the first 12 albums. So the, like a song like Source of Infection or, or Inside off of 5150, it's like, no, I just deleted those off my collection. I don't need to listen to that ever again. But, you know, or, or Spank off of Core on Level Colonel Knowledge. You, know? <laughs> you don't like Spanked? <laughs> no, I'm not a fan. <laughs> you know. That's funny. So, but, but, you know, but you, you bring up a good point whenever you kind of talked about, um, like, Girl Gone Bad and, and comparing that thing, talking about love, comparing Spent to The Dream Is Over, right? That's all. They're both oh, the same, same album. Same album yeah. Three, yeah. And so it's like, those are two totally different kind of uh, ideas. So I think it's that whenever whenever Sam and, and, and Dave both wanted to kind of be a little bit more fun, a little bit more loose or lighthearted and, and silly, that I think that's where you really can compare an apple to an apple, right? Yeah. Um, you, but by that same token, you know, you look at Diver Down, you, you wouldn't compare secrets, right, to the full bug, right, where Dave talks about giving some willing woman the best part of a man. Uh, so, <laughs> Whatever does he mean? <laughs> my mind. <laughs> let's, let's talk about Diver Down for a minute, because people pan that album a lot. And I want to I want to see what, what what you guys think of it. What what are your what are your opinions on the album itself, Diver Down? Do you guys like it or do you do you not like it? I, I like it. I mean, I think it's great. It's part of the part of their catalog. Uh, just moving back real quick, I want to say that the description of Sammy's lyrics as straightforward is being pretty generous. <laughs> uh, you, you, but your tone, your tone is, is is agreed on. Uh, I, I love Diver Down. I mean, that's a great period for. I mean, if we're talking about Eddie, especially work of what we're talking about. That, yeah. there's a lot of great Eddie to be had on that record. That oh yeah, it's just like it's almost like any anything off Van Halen one. If I'm driving and I hear that on the radio, that never happens anymore. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Turn it off. Like you, I don't need to hear eruption. I don't need to hear rock and roll by Led Zeppelin on the classic rock station. I, I want to hear something. I, you know, something right. I've never heard. It's, yeah. almost, it's almost like that with a lot of Van Halen. Like Cathedral is on Diver Down, and that, and you've seen it so many times. I fe- I don't watch it. I don't watch the live solos anymore. I don't need right. to make a Cathedral anymore. But that's incredible and beautiful, and and it's just as part of our, the carpet of our. Up as uh, Spanish Fly and Eruption and all his yeah. Mean Street things, it, it's huge. So I love that, and I know why. You know, it's it's easy why. What's not to like about it is that there are songs that aren't theirs, and yeah, it's a, I mean, I heard somebody refer to it the other day. Or I read somebody refer to it the other day as Van Halen's cover album. Right. So what do you, James? What do you are you thumbs up or thumbs down, James? Oh, I love I love Diver Down. Yeah. Um, I know I know that like you know. Several of the songs uh, are less than like a minute and a half long, um, but you know what? Cathedral, the the little guitars intro. You're telling me that you wouldn't want to listen to that. Like that. Those are those are just amazing songs. Yeah. And you know, like I said, kind of the the, the deeper cuts there. Like uh, um, uh, I mentioned the full bug earlier, but uh, hang them high. And I would even say that in terms of of covers, right? Uh, uh, where have all the good times gone? The first time I ever heard the Kings version of that, I was like, "Oh, I thought I knew this song." <laughs> Clearly, I don't. <laughs> yeah, so it's yeah. like that—that's what, I, and I think that's what um, is another hallmark of theirs. Whenever they were doing uh, cover songs early on, right? It was—they were playing the song, but they were doing it their way, and so it actually sounded like them. Same thing with right. like "You're No Good," right? That's a Linda Ronstadt song, same thing. When I heard that for the first time, I was like, oh, no, I, this is not like what Van Halen sounds like at all. <laughs> so, um, 
I love I love yeah, Diver Down. I think I think the the two my two favorite songs on there are the deepest probably the deepest cuts on there. Secrets and little guitar the actual little guitar not just the intro yeah. but the song little guitar. I love those two songs. They're they're uh, they're probably some of my favorite Van Halen songs because just the way he I mean you know and it's not because of the and you know for all of us it's not because of the band as a whole but it's because of what he's playing so like you said you know cathedral is a beautiful song beautiful and just impressive you know how did how in the you know i remember thinking how in the world does he do that but you know by the same token secrets and little guitars and even like you said hang them high those are those are incredible songs as well i don't and i i, I always get a, a kick out of people that pan that album because it's i mean it's 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 peak Eddie Van Halen. Yeah, so let me ask you guys. Let, let me ask you something. Yeah. So, like, the first time I heard Cathedral, I just assumed he was playing a keyboard, and I did not realize he was playing that on his guitar probably until I actually saw Live Without a Net. I watched him play it during his guitar solo. When did you did you guys know that he was doing that on his guitar like all along, or at what point do you remember being like, oh? That's that's on his guitar. That's not him playing the keyboard. You can go first, Dave. I was big. I was huge into Van Halen when that you know when that was around and driving around uh, in a Mustang, somebody else's Mustang. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was guitar. I just didn't, I didn't know how it was done. Um, but I you know I knew he was definitely playing it on guitar, and uh, okay. I, I probably didn't appreciate it as much as I would later to know specifically you know what to see him play it and to know what was going on. Um, was more impressive but yeah i mean i always I, at that point i expected all the little excerpts all the little tiny pieces to be a guitar thing that he was doing right i don't know if you remember this david or not but um when we were in eighth grade i think i want to say eighth grade uh, at the end of the year they had a talent show and somebody played maybe maybe we we were in seventh grade an eighth grader played cathedral Wow. at the talent show when, when I, you know so that was like 83 i think 83 84 and it wasn't Ballmeyer. do what no it wasn't it was actually uh daryl betts do you remember okay yeah. yeah yeah he got up there and played cathedral and literally everybody in the in the audience went went berserk and that's all he did <laughs> he he stepped on stage played cathedral and walked off and that was it and and uh, that's how that's how I knew it was on guitar was because I saw a guy play it and I was like and I was just blown away by it that that he actually did that you know that and at the time a, four, a fourteen or fifteen year old kid knew how to do how to how to how to emulate the same thing and again it was probably like what you said earlier David it wasn't exactly cathedral right. but it was close enough to it that all of us were were screaming like little girls because it was so cool. <laughs> Well, that's what's cool about Eddie, too, is that it's the technique that is separate from then playing. So Cathedrals has this beautiful melody. And, and even on Van Halen 1, on, even on solos, when he's just ripping, it is melodic as as hell. It's just, it's so, yeah. uh, it's just, even though even when it's fast and it's a rock song, he plays so melodically. And that's the part that gets missed because all these other, fall, you know, the, his clones were not that. They were just ripping yeah, I, I told somebody this the other day. One thing that I've that I noticed, I noticed a little bit back then, but I really notice now, is that when you see other bands live, or hear other bands live, when the guitar player drops out of playing the rhythm and plays a solo, there's this big empty space. Right. Yeah. And all you hear is a bass and in the solo. But when you watch like even old Van Halen, you know, or hear old Van Halen live tapes or songs and or even see some of their videos, there's not a there's not a drop off there. His I mean his his melodic his his melodic ability went from playing his rhythm parts into his solos and they were all I mean it wasn't like they were two different things. It was all the same thing. And yeah. he played like that all the time. And you don't hear that from, I mean, especially now because guitars aren't as big as in, in bands as they were then, but 
if you go back and look and it took two guitar players back then to make a song sound full live and he he you know did it all by himself and it sounded it did there was no drop off and that's 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 what i'm impressed with even now you know years later yeah no agreed he's it was it was like another singer coming in and doing something interesting yeah yeah uh james did you ever see them live I did. I, I was uh, able to see them when they came to Tulsa um, back in, in 2012. Um, best concert I ever went to. Um, Dave was Dave was on point, um, which helped. Uh, I think a lot of people that uh, that I knew that were like, "Oh, you know, they they're no good. They're they're washed up." And you know, even even if he's he's trying to do stuff, he's just gonna sound terrible, right? Cause you've heard you've heard nights where he's not on, but. Sure. Uh, it was fan- it was fantastic, and they did a little thing. Obviously, when they're doing Panama, and they're coming out of the bridge, right? And uh, they're about to come back in with the they they cut, and they're going to say Panama, and they cut, and the rest of the audience just goes ahead and sings it out. And <laughs> Dave and Dave stopped it and was like. You know, we've been on however many days for this this leg so far, and he was like, "But this is one of the most fun I've had, uh, you know, on this tour so far." So, um, I think I have a, I think I recorded that. It's on YouTube. You might be able to go find nice. that uh, <laughs> when they were in Tulsa. He, he definitely acknowledged that, and they all looked around on the stage and started laughing, like whenever it happened. So, the, you know, that's that was, but it was an excellent show. And, you know, they played some deep cuts. I was so happy about that. They played hear about it later from fair warning. They played girl gone bad. Um, you know, which was, wow. those are, those are some of my favorite songs. So, you know, doing that just, it made, it made everything great. Yeah. How many times did you see him live, Dave? Uh, not that many. I saw, um, the 1984 tour. I saw the next one would have been, um, monsters of rock. I think maybe no. I saw one before that. I saw one fifty. I think Monsters Rock was OU eight one two. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So then, yeah. So I saw eighty four fifty one fifty OU eight one two, and then I saw the first reunion. Or I know I, I did see another reunion in two thousand and four, uh, and then I saw eight two thousand eight with Dave, and twice, and then I saw two thousand twelve with Dave. Man. Yeah. I, I, did, I saw Dave on Eat Him and Smile and uh, Skyscraper and I know we were getting far afield but uh, and <laughs> that after uh, some time in the between then and now <laughs> but there was never a show though that, you, that you've seen of Van Halen I mean, either one of you I mean you only saw him once James but there was never a show you're like eh Eddie wasn't very good tonight I mean there are other guitar players that I've seen that, I mean other concerts I've seen that I've gone to see specifically for the guitar player and I've, I've walked away going eh he's a little off I, I mean, I, I only saw Van Halen twice, but neither time did, did I go, Eddie was really, ugh. I mean, he was always better and not as good. I mean, but I'm judging by the standard of Eddie Van Halen, not just. True. <laughs> it's a higher standard. <laughs> so I, when I saw him on 5150, he was definitely better than 2004 when he was drinking something out of a cranberry juice bottle. Uh, wow. Yeah, he was kind of a weird mess, uh, but that was interesting in itself. I mean, I'm such a fan. You get to a point where you're a fan. It's like I want to see him do something weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, so I, you know, I think we all knew that he was sick. I mean, he, he you know, he'd had he'd had uh, tongue cancer and throat cancer, and I think we all knew that. I mean, we. I mean, obviously, we all knew that he he had been sick, but he mm. kind of dropped out of the limelight some at the end of last year and beginning this this year. And I knew we. I think we all knew he was sick. But how? What? When you heard that he that that he had died, what was your first reaction to it? Either one of you. Silence overtakes the crowd. <laughs> I tell yeah. you, I I, I have. <laughs> Yeah, of silence. <laughs> um, you know, I've sort of, I've sort of thought that. I mean, I've sort of projected it. Not, you know, obviously he was going to die, but I thought about that with a few people. I mean, I thought about it generally with rock and roll. I just thought to myself, 
these people, this generation, these rock and rollers from Elvis to Mick Jagger, and those people are going to start dying. And that's yeah. going to be weird because they're such iconic figures. And, you know, I thought about Eddie's going to go. And, and it kind of went that way. When I saw it, I was like, oh, yeah, that that's there it is. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't get emotional about it necessarily because I've I've absorbed so much Eddie and what I love about Eddie is already there and he wasn't like you know he was gonna blow me away. I mean, it sucks for his family and sucks that you know we couldn't see him talk about his career later in life or something. But it didn't sure. it didn't it didn't like it didn't destroy me or anything. Right. He, he's just everything. He's already I've already accepted everything in, in huge ways not just like with playing but even with my personal playing just my relationship with the guitar he did that yeah he already made that effect and so so, so yeah it was kind of like it was a little i guess it's still shocking you know because it's jarring yeah real and like oh wow eddie's dead that's crazy yeah uh, and and of course you know talking to other people made it it made it sadder in a way to see other people sad about it made me sad yeah no, I get that. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I think I told, I told my wife even, a, I think it was even a couple of days after he had passed away that um, I think this is the first person that has, a, you know, that I consider an influence musically um, that has, you know, and, and just like you said, people are, they're going to start passing, they're going to start dying and, you know, we're going to start losing them. But this is the first, this is the first one that I considered, um, like an influence, you know, somebody I grew up with that, that, that passed away. And, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the same boat as you. I don't, I, I didn't get emotional, but it was very, I think it was very jarring that, that, you know, and James, you talked about the 2012 concert here in town. I didn't go to that show. And I remember saying to somebody, I'll get him, I'll catch him the next time around. And it, it never happened, you know, but I was, and, and kind of like you, Dave, I've, you know, everything that he influenced that influenced me has already, you know, he's already done and, and it's already, you know, part of, of, of my life and my playing, but I was, you know, I think we were all hopeful every, you know, every year that he was, that they were going to put something new out. Yeah. I think just before James gets going is there's two things, one of which I've already forgotten, but the other is that what, actually got me was not got me emotionally but just like oh damn it was that he, Eddie told Nuno Betancourt a few months before they, Eddie went over to Nuno's house and they chatted for a minute and when, right before Eddie left he said I'm so excited we're about to reach out to Michael Anthony and go yeah. you said last that. Year with the original lineup and yeah. that has always been my kind of dream that's the last thing I wanted from them was to like get yeah. Mike on the big stage uh, okay or wherever at staples center and uh you know let him have that let have you have them all come out and hug and, yeah. uh, and do their thing because true that, that would have been magic but yeah uh, what about you james yeah i mean so i think knowing that somebody's sick or that you know even even whenever even whenever he you know kind of underwent it um, you know, in the, uh, the early 2000s that, or whenever that first kind of broke that, um, he was, he thought it was his, his guitar pick and his, and, uh, the metal, you know, keeping that in his mouth and <laughs> out part of his tongue and whatnot that it was like, you know, I, I, I think even at the time, like, I was just like, oh, okay. I mean, he's, everything's good now. And I never really, I really never, never really thought about it in terms of, you know, how how many people unfortunately pass away from it, you know, yeah. all the time. And so it definitely hit me like a two ton heavy something to close. Everything. <laughs> and, and so uh, whenever, but whenever it came out, it was just like, oh, I hope this is wrong because the first thing I saw it on was was social media. Yeah. And so obviously. I, I take everything with a grain of salt that I see there. Um, and, and so it really, it hit me in the way that it made me think about what Van Halen meant to me. Yeah. And not just from the standpoint of musically as a guitarist, as somebody who, I mean, that's, that's, I would say the single most important reason I even picked up a guitar in the first place, but 
what it meant to me in relationships. Uh, you know, guys that I taught how to play the guitar, that I played music with, um, who who also liked Van Halen, right? And uh, especially whenever I would be teaching stuff to people that, uh, you know, I was kind of introducing it to them or they were already familiar with it, but I was showing them techniques or maybe how to do something. Um, and then, you know, that I would say that that more than anything else is what kind of brought my brother and I together because um, we did have such an age difference. Right. And finally, whenever I was at the age where I was driving and I had a fantastic early 70s Isuzu pup because it wasn't quite a pickup right? <laughs> and and it had a, a tape deck that ate tapes right and I remember having to literally re rewind the, the cassette tape whenever it would do that to try to save it um, that that's that's what I grew up listening to and whenever whenever it finally made the connection to me about you know, when I was really listening to the music as opposed to just hearing it from, you know, my brother playing it on the, on the stereo when we yeah. were growing up. Um, when I really started listening to it and being like, man, this is fantastic. And then talking with him about it. And that's really what, what I would say brought us together and made him my best friend. Nice. And so, you know, whenever that's the stuff I thought about, I thought about, the people that I played with. I thought about um, my brother. I thought about all of that kind of stuff. And, and I know that a lot of people you would, I would never have thought that somebody that I didn't know, right. Or that I hadn't met would have that kind of impact on me. Sure. Um, but yeah, absolutely. And I had a, I had a friend that, that kind of echoed the same thing that, you know, he was like, I never would get emotional about a, a celebrity passing. It was like, but I find myself, you know, kind of reflecting on that and thinking about, you know, all the memories that kind of come with the music itself oh, and, sure. and the bonding. So, well, you know, yeah, and, and you think about it, he, I mean, that's probably, I mean, and probably to a great extent, you too, James, but, you know, for me, growing up and you know being a teenager in the eighties, he wrote the soundtrack to my teenage to my teenage years. I mean, you know, there's there's Van Halen all through my teenage years, and not just the band, but you know, because I was a guitar player, Eddie was there through my entire you know teenage teenage existence, and uh, and so yeah, I understand what what your friend was saying that that you know it's, it's weird that you know someone you don't even meet or have never met that would affect your, you know, affect you that much. But I mean, that's the, that's the power and the beauty of being that kind of a musician is that you wrote, you know, we lived, you know, we lived our life inside of, 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 of his music, basically. I mean, um, yeah, that's a big part of it is for us, especially having come up with that being like they were at their biggest, you know, at the time. Yeah. Were coming up, James reminded me of the thing I forgot, uh, which is whenever somebody like that dies, it, it is always about us. In fact, when anyone dies, and sometimes even when it's somebody we really care about, like our parents, it's about us, like your parents are in a better place. But you, you're it's about your relationship with the world, and and that's somebody's big as Eddie, and how it's important uh, how it came up with our youth and your relationship with your brother. And it was my half sister, and all you know, my friends in high school. I mean, that yeah. was. About Eddie. I mean, we listened to George Lynch, but it was about Eddie. Yeah. Uh, Just, I'm totally serious, dude. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it's true. It was, a, you know, he, he made it about, made it a little bit more about the guitar. All of a sudden, the guitar was the thing we were listening for. Yeah. yeah. Shitty song with a great solo. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's what's, that's what's always weird about it. It's like, oh, this, these are, our past is uprooting now and folding over on top of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, and, and we compared everything. I mean, I say we, I know I did. I compared uh, every guitar player got, got compared to him that you listened to. You know, you know, I mean, he was the standard of everybody that you listened to. And, yeah. and uh, that's, I mean, you know, and, and like I said, we, we, we lived our lives inside the, you know, the music he created and I think that's what I think that's what that's what uh, that's what affected me the most was just, just like you said we came up with with them at their when they were at their biggest and 
and uh, so it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't so much an emotional response just a uh, wow you know just a, a just a realization that 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 kind of stuff is 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 gonna start happening i guess right not, not to be not not to, not not to get sappy or anything so um so you know i like i told you guys before we started i really didn't have any any roadmap for what we were going to talk about i just wanted i just thought it might be i don't know cathartic for us to get i think i think all of us have people in our lives that are tired of hearing us talk about Eddie Van Halen the past couple of weeks and uh, just thought it might be cathartic to to talk about you know his effect on us and as guitar players and lovers of music do y'all have any I mean any final shots over the bow y'all want to throw out there about Eddie or his playing or something well, that meant to you or anything like that I wrote a 22 minute guitar solo I'm going to play for you guys right now <laughs> <laughs> are you ready uh, one thing I, I was just thinking about talking here one thing uh, that I have thought about is is um, what Eddie meant to me in a way and as far as guitar playing and it, it never it, it doesn't end up being about the fingers and the speed and all the stuff that he gets pointed you know what, what he gets celebrated for which he deserves entirely um, but uh, most of it is like his abandon. And that word is the one that kind of stuck out to me when I think about it, when I think about his playing. And I see it in a lot of different places. Um, sometimes it's very specific to like a solo where it sounds like he's starting someplace and ending and he doesn't know where he's going to end. It's just about a pure expression. And he happens to be playing a guitar to an amp. <laughs> just a spirit. It's like a, it's an energy that he's, yeah shooting out there and I see that in the in the guitars that he mentions that he likes which are very few he said he never really listened to music but he loved Eric Clapton uh, that was the one that always came out in the younger years talk about who we grew up with it was Clapton and Cream and that's just a jam band essentially just total abandon in the playing and it doesn't matter and there are songs of course you play and then Alan Holdsworth which will clear any room I defy you to play that and not clear it. He's <laughs> amazing though I mean he's he's another definition of like oh no the box is not closed the box is open wide open and and you and you can play these crazy things that are that are just they do sound like spiritual music in a way I hear there's some jazz like this too John Coltrane and there's some records I could point to where that guy is he knows so much about what he's playing he, it's what happens after the 10,000 hours it's at 100,000 hours of doing this craft where you're no longer speaking the language of uh, fingers and chords and things. You're speaking some other language that people who don't play music can hear as well. They don't know that they're hearing it, that they feel it and they you yeah. know, by just the sound of it. And I think that, and you hear that in Holdsworth, it's less more mathematical sounding sometimes because that's the way he is, but it, it feels like the box is open and there are no rules. Right. Um, which and, I think is, I think is, I think that's what everybody applies to Eddie a lot too. That there weren't any rules; he just did whatever he wanted to do. Exactly, I think that that applied to what he invented and his exploration. And uh, there was a, you know, that he would wanted to play piano because it didn't matter. He talked about playing saxophone. He had a cello in his studio, and not that he played those things, but he, you know, he just he just tinkered with. I think the core of things. There's, I don't know if there's a word for it, but he was looking at the trying to find this the truth of the matter. Yeah deeper than wiggly 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 you know yeah. that just has to be like what came out in the early years like oh wow what's this going to be like and you just go <laughs> on the uh, tiniest this is the way david actually described steve by but he was saying you would go out on the skinniest little branch on the tree and say look ma no hands yeah uh, <laughs> guys did that and it, it ends up being it, it sounds more like things that you can describe with other words like like david always loves cartoons and david says his inspiration for this a lot of things he did was eddie because the music would go boom and so he would go what can i do with my body that goes boom <laughs> jump as high in the air, in the air. and it, you know, it's a kind of i think it's a medium that we don't we, what we what we point as the guitar but the medium is something a lot deeper and more energetic and more spirited and that's why it comes out so melodic so Energetic and amazing that we you can't help but like get wrapped up by it. Yeah, yeah. James, what about you? I think that 
the only thing that, and you, you kind of talked about, um, I think the influence that he has, um, the people that I saw that, you know, made comments, obviously his contemporaries, uh, guys in the eighties that, uh, you know, definitely acknowledged that they were standing on his shoulders or, 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 you know, taking his, his building blocks and, 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 you know, running with that or, or trying to, uh, to play off of that, but seeing guys like Jimmy Page, right. The guys from black Sabbath, Brian may, um, talk about him and, and kind of acknowledge not only him as a player, but him as a person, you know, you had, yeah. you had people like Brad Paisley, Keith Urban, um, that, you know, talked about his influence on them. And then like a lot of the guys that I follow that, uh, that, that play guitar at churches at Hillsong and Bethel or, uh, elevation church that also all posted about him. And I think that that, I think that that comes back and says what an influence he had, not only yes, as a guitar player and, and, and the technique that he employed and, um, but even like the way that he approached the guitar itself, the first, the first two guitars I had, I absolutely modded myself, messed with, tried to play around with. I, I remember opening up a pickup and, uh, you know, looking at that and being like, Hey, what happens if I throw a magnet in here and plug it back in? And I'm like, why does that do this sound? Did that change that? You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, which is what he did. I mean, I for, for everything. Yeah. And so just, uh, man, the, the, the impact that he has to try to imagine what, what the world would be like if, if, if he hadn't been here in the first place, no. you know, is almost, uh, that's that's truly what uh, you know when you whenever they make these movies that uh, you know the, oh, the Beatles music never existed so this guy's gonna write it all and it's like you couldn't do that with, without without Van Halen because it's like the guitar would would be radically different yeah and I'm sure somebody would eventually pick up a couple of things but I don't think they would come out as as the the entire package that he had and and the way that he wrote music right yeah. whether it was with a a, a, a cello or a tuba, uh, I think, as he once said, you know, but, um, you know, he, he definitely uh, made it accessible to people, uh, even, even as technical as it could be. Right? Sure. sure. I think two of the things that, that have struck me the most since, since his, since he since he died was some of the funny some of the funny things that I've read online about him. Like I think the funniest thing I'll ever see is um, <laughs> the guy that asked him to take a picture of him at the tool concert. Yeah, at the tool concert. <laughs> That's that'll, that'll be the funniest thing I ever see in my life. That Wolf that Wolfgang posted that picture of of his dad taking a picture and the guy just being oblivious to who he's asking to be a photographer. <laughs> That's so funny. But I think also I've read a lot. Like I just read an article this morning. Uh, Gary Sharon was talking about his time in the studio with Eddie. <laughs> And even though I don't recognize that album, that it exists, um, just he's, he, he just kind of rattled off some of the things that he would walk in and see Eddie doing musically or trying out while he was recording. And, you know, and I'm sure that happens, you know, for everybody that's in a recording studio, but it just plays back into that whole thing that you were, you know, that, that, we've, that we've been saying this whole time is, is, um, it was just an extension. I mean, he would just try anything. It wouldn't, it, it, there was no, there were no rules and uh, there was no, you know, there was no, there were no limits. I can do whatever, I can try whatever I want to. If it doesn't work, it's not going to work and it's fine. But um, you know, that's, that's the more I read from people that were, that actually worked with him and um, they just talk about how he, he didn't really, you know, there were no, there was no limit to what he wanted and what he, you couldn't limit the guy. He he would just do whatever he wanted to do. I mean that, and that's apparent if you if you read uh, about that his rig before, you know, when they were coming up, becoming Van Halen, uh, and the rig he put together to, to get that quote unquote, you know, that Eddie Van Halen sound he had on the first few album, first few albums, just what he went through to develop that sound because you know he didn't know any better and he just did what he wanted to do, and. Uh, 
that's what that's what that's what probably will probably will stick with me you know for, forever is that is that he wasn't afraid to try something and he wasn't afraid to do something and it you know and, it, and a lot of it worked a lot of it didn't and we probably don't ever get to hear the stuff that didn't but the stuff that we did hear is freaking amazing and you know and affects all of us in in in, in our lives but uh, and then, then the, the, the last thing I'll say is the last funny thing I heard was I can't I, I can't believe how many people didn't know that he was the guy on on Beat It. He was the, he played the song oh, yeah. on Beat It. It 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 just I've I've you know for us that was we just kind of knew that that was that was Eddie playing that solo. But it just it kind of tickled me to to see how many people didn't know. I don't know how many tweets I saw. You know, days after he passed, of of uh, I was this many days old when I knew Eddie Van Halen played the solo for Beat It. <laughs> just like how did how do you not how do you not know that? I mean, you know. But again, we're you know we're deeper fans than the Where, average, yeah. the, the average music lover. So they might call us special. <laughs> A lot of people do. I think I'm pretty sure. So I, I thought of one thing while you're talking. Just it's a bit of trivia that's fun that I got to experience. I. Uh, friend of mine's dad is a guy named uh alan fitz fitzgerald who played keyboards for hey night ranger yeah uh co-wrote sister christian and uh so anyway this friend got me to meet up with him at their i think it was the 2012 tour and so he plays under the stage and has played under the stage even during the sammy years uh he would play yeah. keyboard things and for these played tours, right now and Wow. Yeah, right now, and I'll wait and jump. He would trigger those things. And he had this little world down. I got to go down to his little world, his little keyboard world, uh, which was, it sounds kind of sexy, but it's not. It's, 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 it's you know, <laughs> that lives in the basement. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. Thing. But wow. so this was, I was with somebody, we were doing a VIP thing, and we got to go to the sound check and everything. And it was just Wolfgang and Alex and Eddie. And we were just talking about that. And he said, yeah, he said, they've been doing that. They do this sound check since the 80s. These guys love to play and they'll play for a long time at sound check. And they're just, it's not that, it's not like another band that goes out and makes sure that they can hear in their monitors and, you know, everything. And they're sounds. done. They are yeah. out there to play because they love music. And he said that he, he's the one that emphasized this. He said, those guys just love to play. And it says it all. That says everything, you know. If yeah would seem obvious but yeah of course of course yeah cool well guys it's been fun i don't want to take up any more of your time today than than what is necessary but i appreciate you giving me an hour of your time today to talk about it awesome, man. next week is steve i or what's the deal <laughs> <laughs> hey, <laughs> yeah, I would be more than willing to do that. That's for sure. That is for that is for dang sure. David, I appreciate it, buddy. It's good to talk yeah, to man. you. James, it's good to talk to you. And uh, I'll let y'all go. Hey, Van Halen here. I'm telling you, keep playing, man. Gotta keep playing. It's the only thing there is. Music, man. Keep playing. All right? I'm gonna come looking for you if you don't. 